Hi, y'all. My name is Kathy Johansson, and I'm an independent wine consultant with Scout and Cellar here on Cut to the Chase today. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Cut to the Chase. Episode 57, I Saw the Light. Today, we have just an outstanding phenomenal lady who has a background and a list of accolades that for any entrepreneur, she has really mastered and laid the blueprint. But throughout her life journey and various things that she has accomplished, the significance of why we call this podcast, I Saw the Light, is because she went through an experience, which we'll talk about a little bit later on today. And before I jump into the podcast, I'm going to basically recite a quote that I've read from one of the famous uh, actors that I know, Mr. Denzel Washington. And basically it says, when I was a child, I saw an angel. It had wings and kind of looked like my sister. I opened the door and I could see some light coming into the room. And then it sort of faded away. And my mother said it was probably my guardian angel. So today we're going to be talking about I Saw the Light and and, and things that people kind of experience when they do see the light and how it can compel them to change the course and direction in their life, how it uh, catapults them into doing things that more represents a, a giving back. Uh, there's just so many different fallacies as it relates to um, I Saw the Light. And so as we dump, jump in to introduce our special guest, we find that she is an experienced executive officer, chief executive officer, with demonstrated history of working in education management industries, medical device, property management, aerospace, and the wine business. A lot of people are probably going, oh my God, that is a lot. She is also an independent wine consultant at Scout and Cellar with 34 years of corporate and entrepreneurial experience. She's been recognized and honored as an innovator, as an educator, and as a philanthropist. Her goals have always encompassed support and positive change and pressing for women's issues, whether it's in health, well-being, education, or mentorship. Prior to starting her latest secret endeavor, she served as a CEO and director of Rejuvi LLC, medical device company supporting women experiencing issues related to menopause and aging. Her ability to start this business using lean manufacturing principles started in 1986 at Boeing. Experiencing how to propel into markets which has basically catapulted her throughout her career. She retired from Boeing in 2010, where she later on taught a Master of Science program at City University since 2002 and was a business owner and sold Chateau Michel in 2012. Over the past 20 years, she's mentored young women in STEM program. Throughout her efforts at Boeing and TechReach, which was sponsored by Bill and uh, Melinda um, Gates Foundation. 
Tech research served 11 to 13-year-old girls in lower-income communities, unwavered mentoring, supporting of countless women in pursuing their dream to continue to flourish as new ventures within this secret team. She's been a professor. She's been an independent wine consultant. She's been an owner. She's been an associated professor. She's been a co-founder. She also holds a PhD in applied management and decision science from Walden University and a master's of science and a project management certificate from City University and a bachelor's of arts in psychology from the University of Washington. She has been a dear friend of mine and a fan of all of the body of work that we've been doing with Cut to the Chase. And as I wrap up before I let her speak, because I've got three pages of things that I could talk about about her, but I want to talk to her. She gets her inspiration from leaders like Ghana, who says, be the change you wish to see in the world. She believes her philanthropy efforts have the potential to change lives daily. The key is to make an extraordinary effort of time and hard work, not for yourself, but for others. Miss Kathy Johansson, it is a pleasure to have you on board. Certainly, I didn't go through all your backstory because we've got so much to talk about, but do you have any opening remarks for our listeners? Gregory, thank you so much. It's a little embarrassing that, you know, I, you don't realize how much you've done until you look at your own resume. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and it can be somewhat overwhelming, but I found that all of these various experiences have gotten me to the place that I am today. And talking about seeing the light is one of those situations that kind of changed my course and my direction back mm-hmm. in 2003. And so I'm just blessed to have had that experience. And when you were talking about Denzel Washington, that is so similar to the experience that I had. I can't even believe it, which makes me do believe it because <laughs> because in the past, I really wasn't the, a true firm believer in the I saw the light thing. Right. You know, when you don't experience it yourself, um, it, it's just you kind of say, well, maybe, but I, I, you know, I don't really know. Mm-hmm. It happens to you. And then it's a whole different program and a whole different story. So I, uh, I kind of appreciated that, <laughs> that opening quote because it resonated with me quite a lot. Oh, you're, you're, you're quite welcome. You're quite welcome. And so as we jump into kind of, uh, as we call it, cut to the chase, some questions, you've had such a stellar, independent, uh, entrepreneurial, uh, employee career I mean, you know, some of the things that come to mind is what was the motivation for you? I mean, starting in, you know, roughly back in the 80s and having a a 34-year career, corporate and entrepreneurial experience, um, what drove the the fire and the desire to excel? Well, I always look back to 1986 when I started at the Boeing Company and one thing that they did back then, which I think is incredibly, you know, forthcoming is that they hooked you up with a mentor. Mm -hmm. And that's literally where I figured it out. You know, I started with a little project plan for myself. I call it my goal sheet, which I use to this day, by the way, with all my mentees Mm -hmm. and one page, you know, a near term, midterm and long range goals for yourself. Mm -hmm. 
I've, I've used that ever since. And what's ironic, back then, my mentor told me to shoot for the moon. He said, I want you to write down things on this piece of paper that are ridiculous, that mm-hmm. are just so, you know, so far out there, you can reach the stars. And, and that's where I put down things like, I'm going to get a PhD. I'm going to write a book. I'm going to start businesses. Put those things all down there way back then. And I can tell you that I have achieved every single thing that I put on that list. And I wish I had put that I owned um, a planet or I owned an island because I think I might have achieved it with, uh, with those goals in mind. And I'll tell you, this is something that I just want all of your listeners to believe is that when you put it out in the world that you're going to do something, you write it down, you put it in front of you, you will achieve it. I believe right. I really believe that. It's kind of like those picture boards people use. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. This was my picture board in 86 before that was a thing. Mm -hmm. I'm so grateful to that mentor. And then I had several other mentors down the road that just continue to encourage me and to check me to make sure I wasn't falling off uh, my goal list, which you do. And that's fine. Right. But they just kept helping me. And um, it was really the inspiration for all of those things that followed, all of mm-hmm. the entrepreneurial endeavors that I had. Um, and that's kind of a funny story, Gregory, because the first company that I started was a landscape business. Right. The reason I did it was because my brother had left Washington State where we were born and raised. And he, mm-hmm. moved, to, he moved to Jackson, Mississippi, which would resonate with you. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> and, um, and I, I tried to devise a plan to get him back to Washington, where the family, the whole family lived. Mm-hmm. And he was at a, po- a point in his life where he was bored with the business that he was in. He didn't like coat and tie, you know, kind of formal business. And so I lured him by telling him I was starting a landscape business that I needed him to run, and that's where the stuff started. <laughs> right. Right. And and really that that's a part of how, you know, you know, the synergy between us, you know, and, and I just want to kind of share this with our listeners as well is, you know, we got to talking when when we approach you about doing the discovery call and we started talking along the lines of your experience with Boeing, which is obviously anybody that knows Boeing, they're very eccentric on lean manufacturing project controls and, and those type of philosophy standards and principles. And so, you know, we got we kind of got like, um, you know, kind of a kumbaya moment because obviously that's my background too, is, is, is the project controls. And then of course, like you, like you just touched upon by, uh, by you mentioning your brother lived, had moved to, to Jackson, Mississippi, which is only 10 miles away from where I grew up. It was like another kind of coincidental type thing. And I was like, wow, this is, this is too coincidental. We're going to really have to have something that, uh, is is quite inspiring and 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 monumental for us to uh, to capture in our in our digital uh, archive for us being able to create a podcast and so it was it was just rather unique and 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 like you said quite coincidental how those things all played out and 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 worked out very well so in 1986 you know back then when you were working with Boeing you know the uh, the assumption would have been that. Uh, you know, Boeing was kind of the lead manufacturer in 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 lean processes as well as as project controls. And your roles and responsibilities back then were were you like uh, an engineer or were you uh, um, 
you know, what, what type of role and responsibility did you have in the organization at that time? My first job, and this is another funny story. So I graduated, you know, from the University of Washington with a psychology degree. Okay. And I played tennis in college. That's the only reason I, I got to go there because I got a full ride scholarship for tennis. Mm-hmm. And once, uh, once I kind of left the tennis world, um, my dad said, you need to find a real job. And mm-hmm. so <laughs> thank you for nepotism back then, because he got me an interview in the industrial engineering community with a mm-hmm. good buddy of his. Mm-hmm. So I went uh, to my interview hat in hand and basically begged him for the job and said, I will do whatever it takes. Anything, mm-hmm. this, this job, I need it so badly. I'll go back to school. You just tell me what to do, how high to jump, and I will do it. Mm-hmm. He said, okay, on one condition, the guy that hired me, he said, I will give you this job, but in six months, if you don't keep your promise, you're fired. And I said, absolutely, whatever, fine, let's go. Right. Oh, I, I started my education um, when I started that job and I got certified through Ames in as a certified industrial engineering methods analyst. Mm-hmm. And I know you know what that means, but your listeners may not. So we would stand and do time studies with the um, mechanics out on the field mm-hmm. and literally watch every single move they made. We would time them and we would try to figure out a better way of doing it that mm-hmm improved the not only the process but the time and i'm telling you that that education back then is what propelled me to get into all of the other um lean manufacturing getting those principles and learning through um through boeing mm-hmm. and being involved with the uh, moving line which is a part of lean manufacturing it all propelled me to start all of these other businesses using those principles right basically to have the best process, cut out the waste and be as lean as you can. That's why they call it lean because you try to eliminate waste from the process. And I have used it after, after the landscape business, cause I didn't know this back then after the landscape business, every other company that I started, I used those principles, including the wine business. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when you um, were still with Boeing in 2003, I believe uh, that you had shared with me before, you got into an accident and that accident left you um, somewhat concerned with whether or not you would be able to walk again. And at that moment in time, can you kind of walk us through uh, your thought process and, and, and basically the things that really were the defining moments for you Uh, to see the light, because after that, your career just seems like, you know, after reading your bio a couple of times, it seems like it was just on fire, you know, and uh, it's just just something that kind of inspired me to really say, well, what 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 was going through your mind at that time when you got into that accident and uh, what you said to yourself in order to uh, to be able to move forward? Right. It was a turning point. Um, I was actually in St. Louis on a business trip, September 23rd, I believe, 2003. And I was hit head on. um, And I literally woke up in the hospital in ICU, tube down my throat. Um, I was in bad shape. So I'd broken my right hand. My right ankle was severed, hanging on by just tissue. Mm -hmm. 
and also a crushed pelvis and uh, three broken ribs and a severe head injury, which explains a lot to some of my friends. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it was it was during that time I was in ICU and and I thought it was a dream and didn't even talk about it until later. Mm-hmm. My eyes were closed and. I heard a bunch of like hundreds of voices behind me whispering, but I couldn't tell what they were saying. I opened my eyes widely. I looked up and I saw what was almost like oil and water. So mm-hmm. and white, and then it became very white and very bright. And I saw the silhouette. And this is what reminds me of Denzel's story. I saw the silhouette of my then boyfriend's mother who had passed away a year prior. Mm. And, but it was a, it was almost like a picture of her that I had seen in her younger years. She Mm -hmm. had a huge grin on her face and I, it just dawned on me. I said, oh my gosh, I'm dead. Mm -hmm. I'm Mm -hmm. seeing the light and I'm dead. I'm hearing angels and I am dead. And I, this, this huge overwhelming, happy, uh, sensation went through my mind and my body and my heart. And I just felt like, Oh my gosh, thank you. I've had the best life to this point. I met the man of my dreams, wasn't married. And I have this great family. I don't have kids, so I'm not leaving them behind. I'll be sad for my parents and family and friends, but this is okay. I'm good. Let's go. Take mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then I wake up, you know, the next day. Mm-hmm. And I, um, when they had taken the tube out eventually, it was like a week later, I believe. I asked one of the nurses and I said, Hey, um, did you like see a really bright light in my room, uh, like a week ago? And she just started laughing and she says, Oh my dear, we hear this all the time. You probably saw the light. Mm. And what's interesting, Gregory, what happened, I went home, you know, Bob came in and brought me back home and I was in pretty, pretty bad shape. The doctor literally told me that I probably wouldn't walk again. Um, which was very upsetting as an athlete. And uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so I made it my life's mission to be able to walk again and to, to get back into sports um, like it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. What happened when I was recovering, my mom came to live with us because I was unable to move around by myself or do anything for that matter. And so I was telling her about the dream I had. And my mom was a nurse way back when. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She said, oh, my dear. You know, that was real. You saw the light. And I started praying from that point forward to God to, to help me understand why I'm here. What, what is it I'm supposed to do? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. It, it came to me in many different ways um, in, in the businesses, especially when we started, my girlfriend and I started the wine business in 2006. Mm-hmm. That day that we, we really decided to do it, my, I got that warm sensation that I had had in the hospital bed and mm-hmm. my heart swelled and I said, yes, I'll do it, but only if we do it for charity. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. where it began. That's where mentorship began for me, mentoring young girls and women. That's where um, every business from that point forward that I started had a charitable component. That's when I signed up for the various charities that you had talked about in, in mm-hmm. the introduction. And that, mm-hmm. that's literally the why I saw the light, I believe. Yeah, yeah. What what a phenomenal, phenomenal story. Um we are we are truly uh blessed to to have you here and and for you to continue to do the great things that you're doing with the body of work that that you're doing. And and 
I'm just going to mention, um, you know, another coincidence as which which I didn't discover when we were talking uh, before, uh, at least during our discovery call. But your mom was a nurse, and also my mom was a nurse, and this is getting pretty, pretty, pretty uh, scary. Well, I think related, Gregory. I, I, I'm going to say that we're we're probably related because you know we got so many things in common. We enjoy so many of the of the same things here that uh, maybe it was uh, God's purpose for for me to reach out to you. <laughs> I think that's true, and I think that you know nothing happens just by a coincidence. Exactly, exactly. So you have this accident, you you see the light, you're you're in this rehab and then like you said, you and your girlfriend, you guys started um uh, the wine business and then eventually you sold the wine business in 2012. Yes. And so in 2012 uh, where where did you stand in your recovery of of being able to uh, to kind of move yourself forward in a manner where you started to basically do all of these other great things that 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 is shown here on your on your on your bio? So were you still kind of going through the recovery phase in in 2012? Were you back to tennis? Were you were you completely uh, active at that point? Yes. In fact, I was back to tennis. I played a little bit of squash. Squash was more difficult for me, but you know, I made it my life's mission to be as um, active and normal as possible, even through all the, the injuries that I had sustained during that time. I was hiking, I was skiing, um, everything was, was literally almost perfect. Um, it mm-hmm. did it did inhibit my movement a little bit, which my husband is thrilled about because that mean, meant back then that he got a little closer to beating me in tennis <laughs> than ever before. <laughs> so I think that was part of God's plan too, to make him feel a little bit better. <laughs> right, right, right. Completely, completely understand. And so, you know, as we talk about, you know, folks that have just so many adversities uh in life and in the way that they think and the mindset you know your your motto and and the way that you kind of take on life and and set your goals and set your charter early on is is a is a is a uh, outstanding blueprint for for people to follow but also in the same context you know i must mention that there's a lot of multitasking that's going on because you've got school and work and businesses and and other various things how did you manage to keep it all in one sock as we would say well you know i'm not 100% sure how i i did it because when i <laughs> when i look back at that time especially around 2003 um, I was in school, you know, I was uh, getting my PhD at that time. And so it was, I couldn't write. So I had, uh, my mom would type things. I would just, you know, kind of tell her what I needed to say. I was writing a book. Um, I was working full-time at Boeing as a manager, which is a, a big job in and of itself, mm-hmm. running the winery uh, as well and thinking about new businesses. And I, part of it is, you know, when I did come to the conclusion that I was here for a purpose. It just energized me. I mean, I was maybe getting four hours a night um, sleep mm-hmm. every single night, but it wasn't because I was depriving myself. It's just because I was so full of energy. And I just think that's a God thing. 
as I say, it's a God thing. And having um, the ability to mentor young girls during that time, it energized me. It energized mm-hmm. even in the most when I was super tired and I would go to a wine event, someone would come up to me because what we did, we started a foundation, by the way, with mm-hmm. um, with the proceeds to fund scholarships for low income girls going to, that wanted to go to college. Mm-hmm. And, um, and we opened up for they could go to trade school, college, two year, whatever they wanted. We just wanted them to have the opportunities that they might not have been afforded because of money. Right. Right. Just, you know, I'd be so tired. I'd go to one of these events and it would take one person would come up in tears and say, I just love what you girls are doing to help support these, these girls through education. It means so much. You know, I know someone, how do we sign up? And that would be all it would take. And then the energy would just come right back. It, and I, I, I always say it's a God thing. Yeah. Yeah. He only lets you have as much weight on your shoulders as you're willing to take. And then when you, when you need help, he comes back and energizes you. That's just my belief. Wow. God, man, it's, it's just, it's just too many things that are, are, are so in common. I, I, I sleep four hours a night too with the three companies that I own. So. <laughs> oh, this is so funny. This is so funny. But anyway, you know, I, I kind of want to dive into, you know, kind of what you live by and a lot of things that you get your inspiration from because, you know, you follow leaders like Ghana who say, be the change you wish to see in the world. What, what exactly does that mean to you? Well, to me, it means, you know, giving of yourself without expecting a single thing in return. And especially when it comes to mentoring my husband over the years, and he, I love him so much, but he says, baby, you could, you could make money doing what you're doing for free. You could make money for all these people you're helping, you know, and I do things like resumes. Um, I just do spiritual conversations with, with people that are struggling of all ages, by the way, it's not just young girls anymore because people come to you at at certain points in your life, you can't explain it. I mean, there was one time we were having dinner with another couple and this goes back because it was when the horrible um, 50 shades movies were out. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We went to one with another couple and then we were at dinner and we were talking about it and we had been drinking and we were pretty loud and mm-hmm. I looked over to my right and there sits two women and two young kids. And I thought, Oh my goodness, we are having the worst, most awful conversation in earshot of these people. So I scooted over there and apologized. Right. And I just said, you know, I'm so sorry, you guys, if you overheard anything, we're just being bad adults over here and we will keep it down. And, um, I said, if there's anything, can I buy your dinner? If there's anything I can do, you know, just let me know. I gave one of the moms my card. I said, look, I'm a teacher. I'm a mentor. Um, and I mentor children. If your kids ever need any help or anything, you let me know. And she says, well, <laughs> frankly, I need help. Mm. And I wow. said, well, call me. Please call me. And you know what she did? Mm-hmm. I have been mentoring her and her daughter, Basil, ever since. Wow. And she has been in my life from that weird encounter mm-hmm. ever since. And I'm telling you, they just, they just come, you know, the, these things come and I, I never hesitate to, to say yes to anything. Right. I've helped her start a business here and then she got married and she moved to North Carolina 
um, helped her start a business there just with mentorship, you know, just with, you know, guidelines and what to do, how to write a business plan, that kind of thing. But I'm telling you, they come from out of the woodwork. And I know, again, it's a God thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, certainly, uh, certainly you, you've touched uh, many through your outreach and just the fact of you having a very giving um, personality and acceptance of being able wanting to give, like you, like you said earlier, you know, you, you feed off of that. And, um, you know, I, I, like I said, I, I'm going to go back and look at my DNA chart because uh, if there's... I swear you're my brother. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is just too coincidental with some of the things that that have of, of, of similar parallels, which kind of brings me to uh, something that as as I wanted to kind of briefly interject into our conversation is that, you know, we're all kind of cut from the same cloth. And, and in a lot of cases, you know, it just requires a little bit of decency and, and common courtesy to kind of just reach out you know, to people and, and, and just discover new things. And, Mm -hmm. and for those that are listening to this podcast, uh, today, that's all I did. I mean, uh, Kathy was always uh, a follower since, you know, we started up the cut to the chase IG page. She was always intrigued in the recaps and other various things by just engaging in the conversation. And, uh, me being the guy that always likes to reach out to people, that are engaged with us and, you know, say hello and kind of, you know, introduce myself and talk a little bit about what we're doing and some of the great things we're coming up. Um, you know, it, it just, it just kind of facilitated from there. And, uh, it's always a joy, you know, to step outside of your comfort zone and just, like I said, have the decency and, and the proper respect to get out there and meet people. You just never know what you may uncover. I mean, it's just so ironic that, uh, you know, everything that we've talked about for the past couple of weeks, you know, the the, par- the parallels between those things are just the alignment is just too, too coincidental. <laughs> well, Gregory, you know, that just brings me to something I just thought of. I don't know if I mentioned this to you before, but my brother used to always say to me, and his name is Gregory, too, by the way. And That's funny. <laughs> he used to always say to me, he said, sister, every person has a story. If mm-hmm. you're willing to listen. Right. That's right. And open your heart. That's it. Absolutely. Absolutely. You have to ask and people will tell you if you, if you ask them. Yep. Yep. You're absolutely right. And so, you know, with the wine business, with the, the book, the, the coaching, the volunteer work, the advisory boards, um, all of the things that you're doing for, for young women and adults, if people wanted to reach out to you for, for advice, for coaching, to buy your book, to buy wine, uh, I mean, the list just goes on and on. What would be the single way for our listeners to reach out to you? Oh, they can reach out to me anytime. And I don't know if you, well, I do know you can put my email out there. You can put my phone number. I'm always willing to talk to anyone. Okay. All right. All right. Or certainly we can definitely refer them out to your, uh, to your IG page or, or your LinkedIn page or, or any of those things. Yeah. Have them DM me and I'm always willing to talk. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you know, this has absolutely been a joy, Kathy. Um, is there any final remarks you'd like to leave with our listeners? 
Yes, absolutely. I'd just like to say thank you, Gregory. And I think what you're doing is amazing. Um, as you know, I've been tuning in and I just love to hear stories about people that are doing different things, all walks of life. And if I had one thing to say in parting and just say, just don't be shy about reaching out to others without expecting anything in return. Just be, mm-hmm. just be kind and pass it on. Yep. Yep. Totally, totally, totally agree with you there. Well, to our listeners, uh, this is obviously uh, holiday season coming off of a very tough year for all of us throughout the world. Uh, This has been a very inspiring and very compelling uh, story that uh, our special guest, uh, Catherine or Kathy, has shared with us. We certainly appreciate that. And to everyone that's out there, we'd like to wish you a happy and safe holidays. And please, by all means, Stay positive. Hopefully, 2021 will be a lot better than 2022. And so without further ado, this is episode 57. I saw the light. Gregory Proctor, your host. Bye-bye, everyone.